more I think about it, it's it's a little different being here in the U.S. because it's like if we ran qualifiers in the U.S. right, and it was everybody one person from every state, that's different, right? But even then, though, like you'd be like, how how come California only gets one, and then like yeah. Oklahoma gets one? Maybe California. maybe we need something set up like the like Congress, right? Like we have like a two for every state, and then we have oh, like a like electoral. <laughs> you want uh, you want to oh, no, dude. <laughs> Based on your population, you guys get eight representatives additional to the two. Oh my god. <laughs> The That's only... how you get gerrymandering in Street Fighter. <laughs> there's, there's not like a real way to get it to be fair. It's not meant to be fair, I don't think. It's a competition. And yeah. when you dilute, dilute whatever the word is I'm thinking of, there when you, you piss in the pool of the competitive Street Fighter <laughs> scene. Uh, <laughs> Those are our cornflakes you're pissing in. Yeah, it's just like... to the absolute guard podcast yes welcome this is episode 61 my name is benny and as always i'm joined by my co-host john this is our first live show in over a month uh today we're joined by thrasher one of uh, az's top players and recent winner of uh, another local tourney there in tucson how's it going guys hey, hey. how's it going it's going well, going well. Good, man. so yeah, since our last show, or our last live show, I should say, that's over like a month ago. I mean, we've talked about John getting married. Uh, besides besides that, John, what else has been going on in your life? Anything in particular? Uh, I, I don't know how much I mentioned it, but like when when Street Fighter VI came out, uh, it came out on June 6th, right? I started a new job on May 31st. So I went from, I, I was unemployed for a, a good amount of time prior to that. Um, and so like I went from having like a ton of free time to like having no free time because it was like wedding planning plus Street Fighter plus new job. And then Street Fighter like really took off because the game was launched and like I was traveling to enter tournaments and stuff and entered at Evo. But the whole time I was like start, starting to onboard onto my new job and plan the wedding. Uh, so yeah. now that the wedding is done, like I have been working a lot more <laughs> lately and I've just been trying to figure out that's been like the quest, the general quest that I've been on is, which is how do you balance, you know, being married plus working a full-time job plus uh, getting good at a fighting game like <laughs> all together. And I, I imagine that's a very common, like the, the best players are the ones who I think have figured that out or have made the necessary sacrifices in some scenarios. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of so i've been working that's a very long way to long-winded way to, to put that i've been working <laughs> uh, what about you thrasher anything going on in the last i guess like four to six weeks since we've uh talked to you uh no i mean other than winning a couple tournaments no <laughs> uh working same as john pretty much. We're, we're at a couple tournaments right now because i think the last time we talked about um when we had Mandred on, we were talking about the results of the down to the wire two, 
Uh, and that one you had, you had won that one, Mike, and we talked that one through, but then, uh, this just this past weekend, there was another down to the wire tournament. Basically it happens once a month and just kind of aligned that way. Um, and as Benny alluded to at the intro, you won that one. So congrats, Mike. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I won cause you weren't there, John. That's why. Uh-huh, I'm sure. <laughs> Do you want to, uh, would you be willing to kind of give a, a play-by-play or just a general feel of like what that event was like uh, as someone who attended? Um, it was still a lot of fun. Not as many people as previous ones. Um, a lot of Phoenix didn't show up to this one, which is understandable. You know, we haven't been going to their tournaments. Unfortunately, I've had stuff going on, um, like personal stuff. But uh, yeah, like, of course, Maynard came out because you can count on Maynard, you know, for anything tournament related street fighter related um and then brian came out as well uh Cradlito, he was there i nice. think that was the only two phoenix people if i unless i'm forgetting someone if i am i'm sorry um but yeah all the usual uh, suspects from tucson were there you know we had velociraptor and myself and we even had uh isaac come out again chipmunk down Ooh, nick, nice uh nick going Driftwood, Dr. One Foot Wood. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was there as well, coming along, learning the new game. Um, but yeah, there was, like, aside from, you know, obviously I'm happy I won it. I'm sure a lot of other people aren't happy I won it. But yeah. one thing that was pretty outstanding, uh, in my opinion, it was kind of a shock to those of us who may not have been paying attention, uh, but Brandy native wolf got third place uh beat all sorts of killers to get there so congrats to her as well nice Um, yeah i believe she went through as we're probably about to see on stream uh she she goes through driftwood uh she goes through um it's like orange steve japanese steve as those of us uh know him to be um and then the real steve (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> he goes by it's like orange and then people called him japanese steve too and now they've merged now it's orange steve <laughs> um but uh the real the biggest jump in performance i've seen from her was this last one because she was able to get past one of tucson uh, tucson and arizona's best in flappy so that Ooh. was you know i don't want to take anything away from her but that was a huge upset i'm not gonna lie yeah, nice. I if you had if I had been a betting man, I, I wouldn't have bet on her in that one. But she pulled it out, and that was honestly more exciting than anything else that happened at the tournament. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I've won tournaments before, but she's never gotten that a top three before. And she's like, yeah. I can improve. I'm like, well, you know, to improve any further, you're gonna have to win the whole damn thing at this point. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, that's that's always like you can tell when uh, a player is about to like skyrocket in in potential and possibility when when they get their first like big win, how they react to it, how they like get the, when they get that taste of it, and how they're like still hungry for it afterwards. Like you can tell. Yeah. I think that like I I saw that from uh from Brandy, but then also from a, a series of like newcomers who have just done well uh, in our local tur- tournaments in Phoenix as well, and. Uh, you know, once you get the itch, <laughs> I yeah, think you're, yeah. 
like but unfortunately the mountain becomes much harder to climb because a lot more other people are also vying for that that top spot so <laughs> yeah and you like you become a target too i mean like you got third place so i mean you know the person that you beat is going to start looking to beat you now because like you know maybe you don't normally normally win against them and now it's like okay well now i have somebody else that i that i have to take on on the way up there yeah so. and like like so brandy's match with nick is actually on the on the video feed right now and as as mike mentioned she she goes through him pretty pretty handedly um i i had a chance to take a look at the archives and um what uh what's interesting there is that brandy could have also been considered the underdog in this match for those who weren't read in uh because nick is somebody who is um arguably one of the best players on on the west coast for a little while um mm -hmm. in street fighter 4 with his fei long and i believe it was ae 2012 um and and he was still very relevant in ultra and was winning uh pretty much every arizona tournament at the end of street fighter 4's lifespan so uh he's he's no slouch by any means so we had this like this this uh battle of like experience versus i, I want to call it guts <laughs> like new, like new 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 blood because brandy in turn started with street fighter 5 even then i would consider her like a late bloomer in street fighter 5 uh, i really only started to get to know her like uh when the scenes were kind of com combined uh the tucson and phoenix scenes were combined via the pandemic we were kind of like trying to form a one street fighter 5 scene essentially um yeah. and she was an up-and-comer there she was playing akuma but by and large, you could say that Nick has had more experience in Street Fighter or competitive Street Fighter, even. Yeah. Um, so I think Brandy was the underdog going into that match too. But according to uh, the commentary and from stories I've heard, uh, Brandy's actually had Nick's number for a while too, right? Yeah, since the last tournament, I think she also beat him there, and then I think she beat him in the. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure she beat him in tournament. I think we were talking about that, but I know for a fact she beat him in the the uh the event we do after you know the the team event uh, oh okay so yeah yes. nick's got a new demon <laughs> and her name is native wolf <laughs> you mentioned target on your back right benny like this that's kind of an example where i think nick has has some like institutional uh inherited uh baggage because now he has to a target rather because he's an an, old, an older player and so he's got a reputation to uphold and then yeah. brandy now, as the one who did the upset last time, also has to do the, like she's now defending her 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 title essentially, proving that it's not a it wasn't a fluke or anything, which yeah. I think is a very that's the hardest part I think. Yeah, I mean in boxing they call it like the lineal title, right? To to be the man, you gotta beat the man, and like regardless of like all these like um, what do they call them like alphabet belts that they have run by organizations like if you're determined to be like the person right like i mean not saying that that's nick in this game but you know if you have somebody like that and you beat them it's like if somebody beats thrasher at the next tournament then you know people will be like all right that's the, the under the wire you know defending champion or whatever so uh yeah it's a big big moment for brandy i know um i don't know her personally never met her uh but just know her from the discord and from playing uh street fighter six so um yeah, I think I've only played her that one time when we did, kind of did like a little team thing. And I think she beat me, but I mean, that was in its infancy. So yeah, I'll get a run back here one of these days. Yeah, yeah. she's she's great. Like I, she kind of reminds me of Tyler in a lot of, in some ways, but other ways it's mm -hmm. like she's placed ex, ex, like way more defensively. Like in, in the spot uh, where Tyler would jump at you, she would she would probably back up and throw a fireball. 
So maybe not like Tyler. (laughs) (laughs) She definitely plays like a wall style. uh, Yeah. And, uh, you know, she knows the mechanics at this point, I would say, better than someone like Nick, who's returning to uh, Street Fighter and probably focused more on learning his character than the, you know, the entire mechanics of Street Fighter 6, because there's a lot of them, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. And so I think in time, he may get this one, but I don't know. It's tough to say, because with each tournament, she seems to be getting better. And mm-hmm. as I said before, she's not going to place any better than she has this time if she's not going to... She's going to have to beat me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. going to have to beat John you know, <laughs> to, to get to the to the top again at this point, or to get a higher placing, I would say. Yeah. So it, but it is interesting and it's getting scary because it's like, all right, when is that time coming? Because it is coming eventually. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you got to look at it from the, the player's perspective too, right? I mean, that's, that's additional pressure added on onto themselves. And it's just like, are they, are they ready to deal with that? And like, you know, the, the implications that come with that from the crowd or from the other players and stuff like that, because yeah. like, now that you're a threat, like, yeah, that's going to be a, that's going to be a big thing now. Not even not even just the crowd, but the people that you beat. Like I guarantee, like mm-hmm. Sam's gonna be going back looking at those matches, right? Or uh, or Nick even too. Yeah. Um, like they're they're both gonna be like, how do I improve on on this match, and how do I exploit a weakness of hers that that she has, or she they might they might find, right? And then it turns into how does Brandy defend against that? Uh, so she's on the defense now, which is uh, you know a really unique spot for somebody I think that is uh, just breaking into it. Um, or the top echelons of play at locally, at least, um, speaking of the top echelons though, Mike, I I do want to call attention to like, if we we were talking about consistency, right. As far as like Brandy being able to consistently beat Nick now, proving that it wasn't a fluke. You've been kind of on that run as well, where like, even though this is your second down to the wire tournament, win, it really is your third practically because you were part of one tournament where it was like a hybrid two tournaments in a, in, a, in a single day thing. Uh, and you won that one, uh, the one that you were able to come to. You won that one. And then you won the most recent one. And now you've won this one. So it's like, it is no longer like a question, I think, of who is who is the strongest in the scene right now, at least for, for a consistency stake here. Um, and I was curious about like what what you do to prepare for our scene specifically to stay consistent. And like, you know, what what that looks like from you as far as target on the back kind of feeling. So I don't necessarily prepare for anything specific, any specific person. Obviously, like I had to learn the uh, JP match, which is a huge credit to John really like, cause he helped me with that match. He was beating my ass, you know, mm-hmm. from once he got a hold a grip, a good grip on how to play JP. He started bodying me up through when we went to Evo together and stuff. And we had moments in the hotel room and stuff, watching finals where he, we played a lot and he was giving me pointers on what to do. And clearly he's a good teacher if I've been able to beat him in three tournaments at this point. So like, I don't want to sit here and not give credit to that because he could have easily just sat on that and, not given me these pointers and not played me as much as he had and still be winning, you know? 
Can you give me an example of like a pointer he shared with you? Or is that, is that trade secret? (laughs) (laughs) So, so I wasn't, I was basically not being aggressive enough. Um, And then, so there was this wave of, okay, I'm just throwing myself at him. And then I would win one and then he would adapt. And then I figured out there's this, in regards to fighting JP, there's this, magical range where you're going to sit at it's normal footsie range which seems bad right because he's his owner but it's Mm -hmm. not as bad as people make it you can play from that range he's got good buttons but if you have good buttons as well you know obviously if you're a stubby character like a lily or something good luck Um, yeah (laughs) but but if you have like a chun uh jury especially with the low forward and stuff um and Pretty much all the top tiers can fight him. They just need to fight him from that range. And a lot of people, when they get knocked away, they don't realize that it becomes this mini game where you don't get to play anymore. You have to yeah. respect the the portal. You have to respect the ghosts. And you're going to have to block a spike on wake up. You're going to have to inch forward and get the timing of the, the portal. But then there's also a range to that portal that you kind of want to stand at so that you can react with an anti-air if he tries to teleport. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then once that, once you cross, once that portal pops, now you can proceed back to footsie range. And then you walk him down. Yeah. Are you able to anti-air that with a DP on reaction? If you see him teleport through the portal? I, I anti-air, you can anti-air it with a crouch button. Excellent. It's, okay, it's, so uh, a button. Yeah. And then um, it's a force knockdown too, right? So you can probably combo it if you want to. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I haven't got that far down the rabbit hole. I was <laughs> on, on just anti-airing. But yeah. uh, but most of the time they're not going to really they, they start teleporting more when you're going to when you're being aggressive or you've got mm-hmm. it in the corner, you know. So you kind of look at that that portal as uh, this is an opportunity for him to get out of the corner. I will sit here, I'll parry it and then but you have to yeah. parry it based off the timing. A lot of people will yeah. hold um you know, they'll hold the parry and then they teleport and grab you and you lose yeah. a whole bunch of drive bar and it's just not worth it. But Or he does the fake one and he drive rushes at you afterwards, right? Yeah. Um, I, that, that strikes me as like a core game plan uh, change, I think, in that, you know, we're used to chasing Dalsam down where it's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to... I'm going to go from full screen to close range and that's where I win, right? But for JP, it sounds like rather than go from full screen to close range, you want to go from full screen to mid range first, and that that prevents you from throwing yourself at them, as you as you mentioned there, Mike. Yeah. Because like yeah. no matter what, we have to fight to get in. Like that, that that's just the core of it. We have to fight to get in, but we we can change like how far in we go, so to speak, and then that can yeah. create enough variance at least to create new opportunities. Yeah, I love what you said in terms of and what what uh, in terms of Velociraptor in terms of John helping you to learn the matchup. Because like he said, like he could have easily like held on to stuff, right? And kind of just held that over you and continued to win, win tournaments and stuff like that. And like that's that you know to me that's that's kind of short sighted. That's a that's a short term goal, right? It's like yeah, I might win these few tournaments, but eventually like um, you know you might get figured out, and then by that time you know you might be ahead of uh, of him, right? And then he's got to learn a whole new way to adapt to you and to play. And instead, it was him sharing that knowledge and 
Um, I mean, it's something that, um, you know, I think a lot of us have talked about before is in terms of just trying to level up the people around us, right? Because if you get better, then that's going to make him a better player in the end too. The whole iron sharpens iron thing. And, you know, why am I going to sit here and body Mike for 15 games in a row when we could maybe go 10 and five and I can learn something in those five as he's, as he's beating me as well, instead of me taking advantage of like the knowledge that I have over him. Yeah. And there's a, there's a counterbalance to that too. Right. Where like, cause I, I think it's really easy to, to ask for, ask questions. And then once you get the answers, what do you do with them? Right. And so mm-hmm. John was gracious enough to provide you those answers, but like we've seen, or I've seen other examples before where it's like, I want help with this and I want someone to do the work for me. Like someone will ask those questions about why they lost and they'll give you, you'll give them your answer about why they lost and they'll, they'll disagree with it. And then it's it's like a, you know, a dead conversation at that point. So it's a lot like, okay. So in addition to John giving Mike what he needed, like Mike, you actually had to go and like apply that stuff. So like, did you, was it simply just like getting your ass beat over and over again and then applying it mid match? Did he like tell you about specific scenarios that you had to set up in training mode? Like what, what were you like looking to, uh, how, how did you best supply the, these lessons that you learned from John? So, so he gave me a lot of general pointers, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because it, in that time, you know, he probably hasn't fought a ton of JPs either. And it's his character doesn't mean he necessarily knows how to fight it. He knows the things that people are doing uh, that work. He does, yeah. Yeah, that that works against him. So Mm -hmm. he was telling me he has trouble with juries who just drive rush like crazy. And and so I started to do that, but him and I have been playing games for a long time at this point. So he was easily able to pick up on the timings that I wanted to do things. Sure. And, And... so it was kind of a trial and error process for me. It's like he gave me the the direction and then I figured out how best to apply those changes to my game. Um, but I don't think, like I said, I don't think I would have done it certainly not as fast if at all, had he uh, not given me those pointers. So I get you. Uh, and, and at this point, it's not like, it's not like I'm destroying him. Literally every set we play comes down to, you know, two out of three, you know, who it's not necessarily a reset, but it'll be two, two going into the final game. And <laughs> I just seem to clutch it out. So it, it's still very, uh, close. competitive. Yeah. 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 Okay. <clears throat> I, uh, yeah. I, I've seen it happen on like where shoot, what was my point again? <laughs> uh, Mike, you mentioned like it, it was your, uh, it was, John helping you out. Oh, right. And then some people like he, he knows what beats him. Right. And I think, I think that's like always a good way to ask questions of people. Uh, It's not necessarily like, do you, are you the definitive de facto, like standard bearer of the matchup? Like you can't ask like absolutist questions like that. A lot of times it's just, you know, what, what do you have trouble with or how do you experience the matchup? And it might not be relevant overall. Maybe they're missing something, but it's, the best place to start when like remixing and formulating a game plan, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's how, that's how I've been. Cause like, um, I haven't played or done a lot of lab stuff with other people, but, um, I did one time asking the discord, like, Hey, is there somebody that can help me lab lab some stuff and like, and, you know, and just do that instead of playing matches. Cause oftentimes people are just like, Hey, anybody want to run first to five, first to 10. And I'm just like, 
cool, we can go through this and, you know, we can just drive rush each other and go through all the normal things and just beat each other up. But it's like, for me, like, I wanted to, like, understand certain scenarios or where I can DI gap, gaps in my opponent, stuff like that. And, like, I did that with uh, with Maynard, the X button, uh, one day with Marissa. I mean, it was, you know, 10, 15 minutes, if that. And it was him pointing out certain things, like, well, you can DI Marissa's step kick and her Superman punch, you know, or she gets this off of that, right? And the same thing with me, and, I'm, you know, I was telling him stuff about uh, Dawson-specific stuff, because a lot of people, they'll, they'll react to his, uh, his uh, Comet Fireball in the air. And, you know, a, a simple thing like saying, hey, if you see the EX... I can react. I can do something after that. So don't just automatically just assume you're going to get super through and it's going to be all good because I'm going to be like, that's exactly what I wanted you to do. I was baiting you out. Right. And that's something that he was like, Oh, I learned a lot of stuff about this matchup. And, and it's almost the same thing. Like Thrasher said, like, you know, I, I think for the most part right now we go kind of fairly even, you know, I get Marissa here and there and then, you know, he gets, he gets Dawson here and there. So <laughs> <laughs> So it's a it's a little it's a little bit of back and forth, but it's like you know we're we're working on on basically improving each other by by learning what the other character can do. Yeah, it's a it's a cooperative side to the to the community. I think that um, it's it's something that I think we we should do more often than we than we currently do for sure. Yeah, yeah, and like part of it is like you said, like there's there's certain things that I do that I know, like I haven't even begin to start like a lot of like the Dalsim like the true setups right like i have stuff that i do that works but i know it's not like something that couldn't be blown up by certain things and um so i'm you know i I try to tell people like what they can do in these situations so that you know it does blow me up and i can't get away with it right you know you wait till i figure out some of this other stuff and then yeah (laughs) it's like that'll be some fun but for the most part right now like like i'm okay with like you know showing people like okay this isn't this isn't really a thing right um if we want to get a little spicy here and i i I think we've at this point we've we've done enough of these shows about street fighter 6 and with this particular set of uh, of like panelists on here to get a little spicy uh mike if you would if you could make a list of top let's call it let's call it top five players in arizona not including the people on this call not including the three of us who would be your top five so, obviously, obviously, I gotta say it's between. Uh, I only because he. I don't think you've beaten him in tournament. Oh, nope. I guess we're not keeping you him in. in or I mean, you can use me. As, you can use me as a measuring stick, though. Like that's that's still relevant, okay. right? And use yourself as a measuring stick too. Yeah, because if you weren't on this call, you would definitely be up there. So, um, John Velociraptor, by far, Agreed. I think is one of the strongest um big mac combo another one and i I don't i don't know that i'm necessarily going in order because i'm trying to maybe i'll swap (laughs) them around um flappy another one i consider uh sia like i haven't really played him that much to get a feel for myself but i can't argue with his results yep you know he's Aside from me and John and the John on this call, he's the most consistently placing person. You know, he got third at the 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 previous one that I won. Uh, he wasn't at this one, but then he won the most recent event in Phoenix. Yep. So he is for sure up there. I would actually probably put him at third at this point. 
him and Big Mac are are, are probably fighting for that third spot. Okay. I, I keep mixing this up in my head with people in the call. I mean, <laughs> it, it, to me, it's like these five are all on the S tier in Arizona. Like I wouldn't. It's hard to rank them as well because we have a matchup uh, based game too, right? Um, yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, see up, Big Mac, Flappy, John. Now this fifth one is a tough one. I'm trying to think because I'm kind of running out of running out of names here. Yeah, uh, because I think a lot of people they're just outside of this top player area. There's a lot of people in that that next category because I think there's so many people who beat each other yep. one day <laughs> to the next. Um, God. Yeah, why is this so difficult? I can't think of <laughs> another name. Like I, I, I can think it. of names. I uh, there's names everywhere, but just like just as far as one. being being up in the top of that tournament. Um, oddly enough, I'm gonna say it, and this is if he can overcome his lack of knowledge for the game. But as far as the hardest fights that I've had is the man on the screen right now. <laughs> oh, Isaac. Yeah, okay. Isaac is is up there, but I think he loses a lot due to lack of knowledge with specific characters and some game mechanics. But if you fight a matchup that he knows, good luck. Like, I've been practicing with him, you know, when he comes out with Jury, and he was the hardest match I had last week, arguably even harder than... Velociraptor, which they're close, but I felt like I was going to lose against Isaac this last turn. So Agree. yeah, I have to put he's, him up there. I think he's it, been it, he's been looking really clean lately in this particular like this last tournament in particular. I've seen some of the vods. His Luke is very clean. Someone who another name that should, you know what I would actually put him higher up than Isaac now that I'm thinking about it, but I haven't seen him play in a while. Is yeah. Mark. Yep. Okay. There's the other guys. That's worried about yeah. you missing it. Marvin. <laughs> yeah. Mark Anthony. <laughs> oh, Mark Anthony. Oh, I thought you said, I was going to say Marvin too. Oh, fuck. Marvin. See, I knew I was. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. Marvin. Okay. Marvin is definitely the, the one out there. Yeah. Yep. Marvin. I, how did I forget about Marvin? I practice with Marvin all the time. Uh, just I'm gonna drop, on the spot. <laughs> I'm going to drop three more bombs on you as well that we don't know about because they haven't really entered tournaments. Um, Akita, Moss, and Mocha Latte. Mocha yeah. Latte is a maybe. I'm not sure if he still plays, but I know Moss and Akita do. Yeah, I played. Um, I played Moss actually recently for the first time. Ran into him in ranked. I guess I think after the phase two reset, um, <laughs> probably plays the my toughest matchup for sure with Cami. Um, for a long time, I was saying Honda, but I've kind of I wouldn't say I figured that matchup out. It's just like I know how to deal with a lot of things better that he does. Um, he still gives me uh, gives me hell a lot of the times, uh, but Cami by far I think is I think if you if you pulled a lot of Dawson players they would say that that's the worst matchup that they play. Yeah. So if you're going strictly off of people who live in Arizona, then yeah. yeah, of course I put them up there. Akita, you know, I haven't yeah, played we'll... him in a while, but we've gone back and forth since the game came out, and uh, he mm-hmm. could arguably be the best. He's had the highest placings that I know of in like local things outside of John's placement at Evo. So like, Oh yeah. He's been got second at a world warrior event and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah. But here's the thing is if you don't come out to a tournament, 
and you don't support the local scene, I don't really consider you a part of it just because you live here. So I thought that's the criteria I'm using is people who actually come out to tournaments. Uh, Got it. I I, I would agree with pretty much all your placings. I think uh, Rika and Scott, I would also put in kind of an honorable mention. Uh, It would be difficult to really place them like place everybody in, in, in a detailed list like that. But I, I would agree with your top five as well. That That's the other side of this. We talked about having a target on your back before, right? Like when you're, when you're up at the top, I think you have to kind of keep tabs on, <laughs> on the, on the players in the scene. Not only like, a, and there's like a paranoid side of it, but there's also like a, Hey, I need to find the best matches possible. So I, you end up keeping a Rolodex and tabs on the best players everywhere, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think, I, don't really I think that's what that. I need to do. No, I need to. I think I need to play a lot more like uh, custom room and casual. Well, not casuals, but you know, just against other people in our scene. Like lately, it's just been like. I mean, just due to my kind of work schedule, it doesn't really kind of work out when people want to play, right? Everybody's like, "Do you want to play at this time?" And I'm like, "This is my time to have dinner and spend time with my family." Like I can't, right? And then yeah. I get home at work at like eight, you know, eight thirty in the morning, and it's just like I thought about posting in there, but I'm just like. There's usually only like one person asking in the morning and that's like freezy before he goes to school. And I'm just uh-huh. like, <laughs> there's nobody else. Everybody else has to work, you know, when I'm home. So I'm like, so I end up just kind of grinding out in ranked and kind of learning a lot of stuff in there. Yeah. But yeah, I do need to start running some sets against some of the, some of the, the local players more. The, the, there's also like, there's too much of a good thing there too. Like there, the, the, you need both, right? Like you need to be mm-hmm. able to play ranks and you need to be able to play randoms. And then you need to be able to play like people that are going to push you to evolve past your two out of three cycle. Um, yeah. And like, I've seen problems with both, both ends of the spectrum where if you only play custom rooms, then you end up being that guy that just like plays only on reads. And if you play yeah. only ranked matches, you just, you play as the Ungo guy in the moment your game plan like someone punches a hole in your game plan you're done you know <laughs> yeah. yeah i've seen that a lot in terms of like the the hub and like in ranked too because like i played i played a jp randomly that you know I, we had a close set in in ranked and then i think they i think they i've won the last one or no i think they won the game that the the the, the set oh you know like a week ago or something like that then i ran into them again and then they beat me in a close set and i invited them to a room and I was going to just play a first to first to five and they offered a first to 10 and I was like, all right, I got time for a 10 and I ended up losing like six to 10 and kind of, I guess, learning a lot of stuff about the JP matchup at, at the same time. So it's yeah. just like, you know, I haven't really played anybody in our scene that plays JP uh, recently. So, you know, we had, uh, uh, like you said, uh, Velociraptor that plays, um, Rika Forbit was playing uh, JP and then we got, uh, uh, your boy Tree, he's play, he was playing, uh, he's playing JP. So like, I could have, you know, I, I need to get some matchup. You know, I don't know. There's there's so much stuff like, in terms of like learning, that I still feel like I got to do in this game, which, which is a good thing. But then like, I don't know. In some ways, I wouldn't say it's demoralizing, but it's just like it just it just kind of puts me in my place, and I'm just like, man, I'm lacking in so much that, you know, that I feel like a lot of people have over me. I. I that's actually a really good feeling to zero in on because it's like there are times when like i'll play a matchup that i don't know very well and i'll feel completely helpless in it and then you know like you feel like you're awful at the game at that point because you're losing that bad but in reality it might just be that you don't know that like you're good at every other matchup maybe you just don't know that matchup very well and i i i think that actually ties into like a greater point i wanted to make about our, our the state of our scene currently like the arizona scene um 
and I say this as somebody who's been, um, I guess we like Mike and I in particular have been kind of really putting the scene on our backs since like late street fighter five, like when the pandemic basically killed street fighter five, there wasn't, it was already on its way out anyway. And we were kind of just keeping the scene together. Um, and so like this like core group of people that we've been playing five with, they transitioned into six very, very well. Um, and the, the, those are like the names that I think are like starting to pop up in these top eights or like Brandy with third place or even like Flappy, who I, again, like he's, we consider him one of the best in the state, but like he's relatively new into the Street Fighter scene. Like he w worked really hard in five and that was like his first big Street Fighter game. So like, I feel like we're in this spot where it is incredibly difficult to say, stay consistent compared to in five, where it was pretty much always like there's like three or four big names in, in the Arizona scene, and then they would just kind of run run the show. And there would be like, you know, dynasties, so to speak, but it wasn't really ever up for contention. Like even between me and Mike, like uh in, in five, by the end of it, like I, I like I had like a brief push up, but then after that he kind of figured me out and he was he was kind of reigning king for a little while. And so it's like but compared to that, like now, like I feel like everybody's a threat is the short version of all this is that like everybody's been grinding really hard. Like, and so I think there's like a lot of like avenues where people beat other people. And like, I feel like Scott, for example, is somebody that is really, really, really good who can, when he knows the matchup, but then he just has blind spots in other matchups that he just doesn't know very well. And we mm -hmm. mentioned the same thing with Isaac. And so like, we're at a really, really un unique spot in our scene right now where consistency is extremely difficult to uh, obtain. And then once you obtain that, like, it doesn't last for very long. <laughs> speaking, of some, speaking from personal experience, it doesn't last very long. Yeah. You, have to keep, you have to keep pushing yourself because everybody's looking to make themselves more consistent at the same time and learn all these different matchups. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, something that just came to mind that I was just thinking of when I play ranked is like, um, so there was somebody I met at um, Game On Expo, like one of the expos that they have here at Phoenix when I went to the Classic Tetris thing. Um, and, you know, in, in Classic Tetris, you play for like a high score, right? And everybody's trying to like max out or whatever. Back in, you know, this was like years ago. And I was talking to this guy and he said one thing that he does at home is he tapes over the score like up to a certain point. So he doesn't see like where his progress is at and he just plays. And it just got me thinking like, maybe I should do something similar when I play ranked and kind of tape over like where they put the MR or where the whatever is. Because like oftentimes, like before the match starts, it's kind of hard to like see somebody's MR and then just either get intimidated slightly or to just kind of be like, okay, well, I should be able to beat this person, right? And I kind of just want don't want to like cloud my judgment before the match starts because it's you know you go to a tournament like evo and it's like unless you really kind of research somebody and looked up who they are like you're not going to know what they're bringing to the table until you play right so i think i think i might start doing something like that covering it up just to kind of give myself kind of a, a blank slate in terms of like you know mm -hmm. the the player that they are you know just just basically just look at it as the character selects you and like oh they're playing luke okay this is what i got to look for or they're playing yeah modern Luke or they're playing modern Lily or whatever. That or like or maybe the I don't know maybe the names even too because like I've talked to you about this John in terms of running into the uh, into upchain Jordan a lot yeah in ranked and it's like it's become this kind of like personal rivalry. saga yeah personal yeah. rivalry 
between me and him. And like he played Mano for a, a good while for uh, like last month or whatever, and he would constantly just give me trouble. And there was there was one match in particular where I think I beat him one game, and then like he beat me like the next four or five, right? And then um, that one game that I beat him in, like he teabagged me, and I went to go check the replay just to check his inputs and make sure he wasn't like buffering some super. And sure enough, he's just teabagging me from full screen, and I'm just like, okay. And I came back and won that game, right? <laughs> and then I posted it on like uh, on Instagram or whatever. And then like, you know, four or five games later, he's like whooping me with Mano. Then I play him again, and this, those four or five games, he didn't, he never teabagged me. But then I get the the next game that we, the next set that I run into him, like mid match, he starts teabagging me, and I'm just like, what's starting this again? Like, why is this right? Like, I, I don't know. I started running into all these like theories. It's like, does he teabag everybody? Does he just teabag sim players or what? Or does, he, does he just hate me or what? And then I beat him that set and I started laughing because I was just like, of all the times for you to lose, it's when you're trying to teabag me. So I was just like, whatever. And the thing that's happened lately is he's been playing uh, Modern Lily. And oh. I've, beaten, I've beaten his Lily every time until yesterday. And I think it's been like five or six matches. And like he's, I, there was one match I have it clipped where he gave up. He literally gave up. I put him in burnout and he stood full screen and he didn't do anything. And I'm just like, oh, really? You just gave up now? Right. And then the rest of the time, like, yeah, he's, I think he's got one game and he's teabagged me here and there, but he hadn't beat me in a set until yesterday. And I messaged you about that because it was like, it wasn't really bothering me. It was just like, eventually he's going to, he's going to get one. Right. Like I wasn't going to just, Hundred percent him all the way, even though I think that that matchup's good for Sim. But like, again, it goes back to my point about kind of like I see his name and I'm just like, oh, it's him again, right? Yeah. And like, we we kind of like, I kind of like, I don't have this like complex that I should beat him. Like, it's just more like, um, I guess you kind of get used to pe- how people play, and I think that's kind of what's happening with with uh, with our matches recently. He's he's getting used to like what I like to do. And he's countering a lot of the stuff. So it kind of goes back to the whole, like, you know, learning matchups and learning tendencies from from certain players and then making you better. Because in, in a lot of ways, like, I'm catching on the stuff that he does. And I'm like, oh, you you just like to do this a lot. Yeah, like he like he's countering things of yours and you're kind of trying to come up with counters to, to their count, uh, to his counters. Right. And yeah. you wouldn't ordinarily get that far in a normal two out of three match with teabagging involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I, I mean, at this point, I think we're probably, I don't know, 15 games in. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think overall it's like, you know, if you counted like the games, it's like 12, 12 for me or something like that. But still like, yeah, it's like, I don't know. It's, I, I do want to put call attention to your point about like wanting to cover up names and like prevent like uh essentially like prevent br- bringing baggage into the match yeah exactly yeah. bias and um like i think that that so that mentality was drilled into me when i was learning street fighter 4 like a lot of people were saying that as well and like even to some degree like in five and six like mike you and i have talked in private about like wanting to play the matchup and not the player right yeah um my experience since launch though and traveling like you do end up getting data on everybody that you really want to uh because of the way that online brackets are publicized now not even like hey i can go look up their cfn it's it's stuff like i can just look at how they placed in previous tournaments 
and then yeah, start GG. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and start GG. Or alternatively, I could go to their CFN. Like I did that uh, when I was uh, at DTN. Like I would um, at a major in New York. I would I would look at uh, replays from Ray Ray, who was in my pool at the time. So like, the technology is kind of caught up where it's like we still can do some advanced research and reconnaissance, at least to tell like what character they play, right? Yeah. Um, but as far as it like not getting in the way emotionally of like, you know, Hey, this is a master level player and I'm, or their MR is, you know, 1700 as opposed to 1600 or it's yeah. 1700 as opposed to 1400. Right. You're kind of like, you know, you, your game plan changes out of the gates. Right. And you don't get the luxury of that when you're playing in an offline major. That's like yeah. the only time I've seen that, like where that feeling really got like came in handy was like, sitting down in a pool like an evo or at, at at a major and you're you just you're just playing like random people locals versus or like uh, uh competitive players in the local scene or you know I, I i had one guy that i was playing and then he just answered a phone call in the middle of it and just started <laughs> talking on the phone <laughs> and he was just mashing dp with ken on his on a 360 pad so i don't even know why he had a 360 he had a converter and everything but it, so it's like you you do have to like figure out right away. Hey, is this person any good? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But in the modern days, like you can look it up in a bracket and be like, eh, it'll be. I it, like you have an understanding of like, are they are they a master level player? Are they like a platinum level player? Like, there's still those those delineations do mean something still. Mm -hmm. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. I definitely think that there's like a a baseline or like tendencies or kind of habits that you can see from from certain people because i mean you know even amongst like the characters i mean i find myself losing to like some of the lower mr like kens and stuff right you know like the 1400s and stuff like that just because of the character and i'm just like man this sucks but it's just like but they're but they're not doing stuff like i guess as well as like the better players or as consistently and it's like it's on me to kind of like figure out where where that uh where that lack of skill is or where that lack of where they're lacking uh, their weaknesses are uh yeah per se. Not, not necessarily lack of skill but just like where their weaknesses are their gaps in their game are and exploit that for myself i mean that's that, that kind of the, the that stumble there i think actually kind of proves the point right which is like the the number isn't necessarily like a sign of skill or lack of skill but like yeah I want to go a step further and even talk about the way that number is essentially a moving target. Um, I was talking to Dana about this the other night, but like, um, like MR is, is it's a brilliant system. It's an ELO system, essentially the one that I've always wanted. I didn't want, I never liked these like grind for more points and then you'll get an inflated yeah. version of what you are, you know? Um, yeah. but, but straight ELO systems are also really harsh on the ego. <laughs> so yeah. it makes sense that they, they kept it only for, uh, for top level for master level players and beyond oh, yeah, yeah exactly but the reset happened recently right uh so now everyone dropped back to 1500 and <laughs> so right now like the point values don't actually mean anything like a 1700 uh like two weeks ago doesn't mean anything compared to a 1700 now like 1700 yep. now is like you know could win a major but 1700 two months ago uh you could maybe win a local maybe and it's like yeah. I the other side of it is like it changes with time because like yep. every time a every time you win a match you get a certain amount of points and every time you lose a match uh you lose a certain number of points but the person who beat you 
also gets a certain number of points as well. And oftentimes that injects more points into the point economy, so to speak. Like, for example, like if you're a, if you're a 1600 player, right, and then you lose to a 1400 player, you're going to lose like 50 points, right? And then they're going to get like they're going to get like 60 or 70 or something some bigger number. And so those points just get added to the overall economy of the game. And so what ends up happening is that you just gradually get the stratification of players. So you get people that are in the 2000s or whatnot. But it's it's respective of a time where like in our like everyone's grinding right now to get to 1700 and above, right? But in one month's time, it's going to be stupid easy to get to 1700 because all the best players are going to be at 2000. Yep. Um and there's, so there's like, some people out there now, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, the Japanese, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like they're pushing like nineteen hundred now. So it's just like, yeah, it's it's one of those things. Like, yeah, because that that's exactly how I was after after they reset for phase two. It was just like, um, before phase two, like I had just, I think I ended up just under, I don't know where I was at sixteen hundred something, and then when phase two started, I was getting my ass kicked. Then I was getting matched up with these. Like I recognized the names, right? Like I was seeing the names, and I was just like, these were people that were whatever eighteen hundred players, you know. A couple days ago but they're back here with me now and now i gotta fight them while they while they you know climb the ladder themselves <laughs> so yeah i was getting paired up with people like that and that's like i just just got over 1600 yesterday and i'm i'm back down to like i don't know 15 20 or something like that after like a big slump yesterday and i'd like to yeah. break and i was just like you know what i'm done right now <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like you said it's it's humbling like but at the same time like yeah i don't i mean i put I put a lot of, I don't want to say, I don't put a lot of stock into the the MR, but I kind of just like for me, I just want to maintain like kind of above that that baseline level around like for me like like sixteen hundreds, I like I'm okay just being kind of around that area. If I start dipping below fifteens and I'm in the fourteens and thirteens, like yeah, I think it might be time for me to like take a long break. My point is that it's a moving target, and next month it might be sixteen hundred to scrub, and you better get to seventeen hundred. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they get you, man. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Mike? How's how's the reset been treating you? Have you played any ranked since then? I have not played ranked since then, but good I, man. Uh, <laughs> I I was basically around. I was like eighteen twenty or something like that when it. I guess when the reset happened, I didn't even know it reset. I found out at the tournament. Somebody told me. Was, yep. But. uh one thing about this MR system that I've come to realize is that at a certain point when you're at 1800 or whatever, you're, you're always getting good matches. They're always difficult, but they're not necessarily difficult in the same way that fighting a crazy, you know, 1400 MR person might be. So one thing I have mixed up is I'll go to ranks when I'm like, I want to get these sweaty matches that uh, where I might fight a, some pro player or whatever. But then every so often, I'll just go into Battle Hub and I'll sit at a station and mess around in training mode and figure stuff out. And then whoever randomly shows up, shows up. Sometimes it'll be a, a Wi-Fi Ken that, that just wants to do <laughs> dragon lashes from across the screen. And then sometimes it'll be somebody who's actually not bad but they have like a wacky play style that doesn't yeah. necessarily uh, get them a high MR, but they could beat you in tournament. You know, they can win a quick two out of three. So I don't want to lose to those people. <laughs> so every so often I go, you know, I go wait in the toilet 
and get. I don't know. There's definitely some people like that. That, or I mean, that if you look at even their CFN, like there's been profiles where I'm like, is this like somebody's Smurf account? Because like, I've seen people with just like Battle Hub hours, and like they don't play rank, they don't play custom yeah. matches. They're just like in the hub, and they just like that environment, or they just like the randomness of it, like the arcade feeling or whatever. And I'm just like, and I've played solid people that have like stats like that, and I'm just like, but like they're you have no way of knowing that. You know, they're a certain rank or they're a certain level because they don't play ranked. I've noticed with those kinds of styles, like they, they get cultivated in this weird like side. It's still an organic style, but like it, it's an organic style that's cultivated around like it. It would get the style gets eaten alive at, in ranked. But if you try to play against it in a solid way, then it's really competitive. Like you know what I'm talking about, right? Those guys that are like they'll 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 wiggle with you full screen and play footsies and whiff punish the hell out of you and have fantastic reactions. And then the moment you knock them down, they don't know how to block. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like those folks. I think they get they get their they get eaten alive on ranked. But then yeah. when it comes to battle hub or like a much more like, uh, I want to call it like you don't have to earn the respect. You just get it automatically because it, nobody knows how the hell you're gonna play. Versus yeah. ranked, I think you do have to kind of get the respect earned. Like you have to like really go gorilla on somebody to make them respect your offense. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. There's been anyway. a couple. Uh, I was trying to think of this person. I forgot their their name. It was the Chun Li player, and like they really almost put me on tilt. Like the first round, I, th I thought I posted it somewhere, but I guess not. But they were doing all kinds of wild. Like I've played them before, and like their primary ways of getting in is like Hazanchu like Hazanchu DI or like sweep in the DI or they just like to jump in like constantly, right? Or the, the what is it called? The, uh, the flip move that like crosses you up. Like they would just abuse those things. And Sounds like, like good, bad brother. <laughs> oh, that, that, no, that is who it was. Yeah, is that's it really? who it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to post the round because the very first round, like you could see me, you could see me in the corner flailing because they got me in the corner and they did like empty jump throw and like I missed my entire. And then for whatever reason, they went, they, they were jumping forward and getting behind me. And then my anti airs would whiff and they'd be behind me and then throwing me back in the corner. And they did it like twice. And I was just like, what the fuck is going on? And, but eventually like I came back that first round and I was just like, Oh, I'm onto you now. Like I'm, I've figured out all this stuff. Right. Cause I played them before and they used to give me trouble, but, okay. but now they didn't. It's like, I figured out that one round and I was like, um uh when i used to stream or i mean when i when i play by myself like a lot of times what i always say is like you get one like you either get one game or you get one round right and like sure. if i come back and win that's that's what i like i'm like saying that to myself out loud like talking to myself like you get one right and like i figured your ass out and like <laughs> sure enough like there's there's sequences in that match where they just were doing the same thing over and over it was like hazanchu and then it's like okay i punished that and then i was just like they're gonna wake up hazanchu and that's so why I just floated Hazanshu, and I was just like, "Why? Like, why are you doing this? You know, it's just." And I, it's like it's like my Mike says, it's just like you gotta you gotta kind of like figure out people's like tendencies and like their their kind of almost like tells in a way that kind of throw them off as kind of like being being a you know having that certain style or or like you said like getting away with that kind of stuff against other players, and like you gotta shut that down and then kind of see where where things evolve and where where they adapt from there. Agree. Agree.
I, I, I also laugh because Good Bad Brother was a Street Fighter V Chun-Li player and he played exactly the same way. So I, I was just making a joke because I'm like, it reminds yeah. me of that guy. But it actually yeah. was that. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. It was. I couldn't think of the name, but then like, yeah, no, that's who it was. But oh, I think that's man. one of the matches that I even like showed you like we like a month ago or something. And I was like, hey, well, look at this match because like I ended up adapting to it. And then you that were, was like, good, yeah, bad brother. Yeah, that, it was uh... that one too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But, so I think they I think they beat me. Like yeah, like I said, they used to give they used to give me trouble. But now that I've kind of like you know learned kind of their tendencies and things that they like to do, like I found found ways to overcome that and then they just haven't haven't evolved from there they're kind of just seem to be stuck in their ways like you said well uh another another couple things that have happened over the past few weeks in addition to like all of our local news um we've also have global news uh and there's a lot of different things to talk about on the show so we can kind of pick our own adventure here um at the the majors that I'm aware of, there were actual real tournaments for once, uh, like global, uh, in the in the national scenes. Uh, Singapore had a Capcom offline, and then Paris had a Capcom offline, and uh, there were a couple of players like from Japan that were at both of them. <laughs> so like they were they had, they've had a crazy couple of weeks, I think. Um, and I believe that uh, who got first? I think it was. I know Moke had a hell. Of, oh yeah, okay. So Moke had a hell of a run in Singapore, but he ended up taking third. Chris Wong got second, and Gachi Kun won with Rashid. Yeah, and and then there was an online World Warrior in Japan, and Fudo won that with DJ, and everybody lost their minds yeah. uh, because then all of a sudden DJ is the um, villain of the week. And then <laughs> just this past weekend, there was Paris. And Valmaster, again, I'm following all this stuff because all the, the top Chun players are playing, placing pretty high in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Valmaster got his face j- danced on by uh, Chris Wong's Luke, who took that first place too. <laughs> so uh, I think um, there's been a lot of discourse around character strength. There's been discourse around like how the, the Pro Tour is arranged right now. And mm-hmm. like, I was curious about it, like if you guys had any thoughts on that. Uh, well, the main thing that I've been hearing about is Mena RD not being qualified for Capcom Cup, um, despite being one, the defending champ. I personally think that he should have been auto qualified just based on that, even if it was a different game. I was just like, mm. you know, I think I think that should just come with the um, come with the territory kind of thing. Like, put him at the bottom seat if you want to, or whatever. With you guys, like, uh, figuring out points, but like, I think that you know, just based on on that, like, he should have got a, he should have had an, an entry into that. But uh, I think he's got like two second places and a fourth or something like that in like a couple of these tournaments, and he's not technically qualified for it. Yeah, he got second at Evo, so it wasn't just like a second at a random tournament. Like it was his Evo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then second at. Um... What was it? It's the most recent one, actually. This wasn't it was Paris, movie? right? Was yeah, it Paris? Yeah. I thought he got second. No, there. It, oh no. Yeah, yeah, I think so. He got he got second or third or something, something, something big there. Um, yeah. And, yeah. So, but yeah, so no, he's no closer to qualifying than any of us, really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. That's what happened because like they somebody yeah. posted. So I think it was uh, Sia that posted that in the Discord, and then I posted that uh, <laughs> that Dumb and Dumber. Like you're telling me there's a chance <laughs> for, <laughs> for myself because like if he's no closer to Capcom Cup, I was just like he's 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 in the same spot I am, right? Yeah. 
I'm torn though. Like, like I actually, I'm a big fan of MenRD. He's a really nice person. I met him. I met him in person, and he he's given me tips on my gameplay before, and it's been really helpful. And I just, I also am kind of like this. This Capcom Pro Tour is not arranged in a way where it's supposed to reward the best player. Um, it's go. It's just it's split into region because they want to do the Olympics. They just want people. They want. It's better for viewers to have like all these different countries represented, and they get hyped that way. But fundamentally, so it, the Japan gets screwed, but so does so do people like Mena. And frankly, I think even um, uh, if the birds had more than two people playing really hard in their region, which they do, they have a lot of people playing really strong in that region. But like now that those people all have to compete with the birds, right? And then in America, we all have to compete with Punk, and so yeah. it's just like. It, it it sucks for the really densely populated areas, but at the same time, like you don't get that like the South African Chun Li player that beat Tokido. Like you don't get those kinds yeah. of storylines if you don't have a more uh, uh, what's Olympic style of of a yeah. tournament entry. Yeah. So just to, just to clarify, so Mena got yeah second at Evo. Fourth at that Singapore premiere, and then second at the France premiere that just uh, that just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I was interested in what what do you think about all that stuff, uh, Mike? Because I, it was it's funny you brought about that Olympics thing, but I had something to talk about regarding that too. Yeah, I but, think uh, I I am not a fan of the uh, the inclusive style of uh, Capcom Cup. I think it makes for a boring day one as you watched the people who were clearly like there was an upset here or there but for the most part it was watching um you know people who've been running the scene destroy people from random locations that are like there was even you know there was people who i destroyed online all the time that were in capcom cup because there's no one else in their region and i'm like damn this is really weird like this is the last <laughs> last street fighter 5 capcom yeah, cup you're talking about yeah right? yeah the, with with the equitable or the inclusive style of, of uh, qualification. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, it makes me not want to watch it as far as I used to, I used to literally sit on and watch both streams. I'd have one TV on the side here and, and the other <laughs> TV over there and I'd be watching both. Now I don't even tune in until like top 16 or whatever. So uh, I, I'd say that it's, it's probably the opposite for viewership. I would think. Yeah. Maybe the numbers don't follow my point of view, but but like for me, I'm less excited as a viewer. Uh um, okay. it wouldn't it wouldn't matter if there was 10 Americans in there. And I and maybe that's just an American thing where we don't really care that much until it's yeah. like top two, you know, <laughs> an American. But but like um but yeah, I just I, I don't find it as interesting because it's not okay. it's not as prestigious for me, I guess. It's okay, like, I get if you've got people who I can beat and I beat consistently there, then I don't, I don't, I don't really care. As yeah. Much. It doesn't, it doesn't hold the same kind of like allure or appeal to you then. Right. If you have people like that. So basically what you're saying. Yeah. Then it's like luck. It's you're so should you just move to Canada or whatever? If you really want to <laughs> get into, to, uh, to like Capcom cup or move to yeah. like, you know, yeah. Well, see, this the thing that I was gonna bring up because because John talks about it making you know making it the Olympics, making it a worldwide like a global thing, right? 
And this reminded me of the time with the whole Red Bull regional thing that they did in the U.S., right? When they when they had the thing in like SoCal and then they had the one that was here um, that you participated in and then they had like the other ones, right? And stuff like that. And I remember um, getting into a discussion with somebody or a debate with somebody about that because people were like, well, Justin Wong, um, you know, won this one or he could have came to whatever, Arizona and won that one. And then there was some people that were like, well, he doesn't represent our region, right? Like this should be representing like Arizona or this, you know, our state or whatever, right? And like he shouldn't be able to participate. But people are like, well, if he's willing to travel, you guys should have been, you know, you guys should have been gatekeeping him or beat him and stop him from representing your state. And then there was that that whole other side, like what you're talking about in terms of like, well, we want to see the best players. Like I don't care about Joe Schmo from from Yuma here that won his local his local uh, or his regional uh, tournament to qualify for this bigger tournament. And um, I think that's the, that's one of the things I saw from like, uh, what's his name? Logan uh, was talking about, like he, he was having that kind of same debate with somebody and he's like, it's the Capcom pro tour. It's not the Capcom amateur tour. Like people don't want to see these other people. They want to see Mena RD and the top players in the scene battled out. And that- go ahead. Okay. Uh, that's that's the crux of the discussion though right it's like what do people actually want to see and yeah. I, I feel like i feel like for the competitive community i agree with you mike and that it's not exciting i think benny you probably are saying the same thing right it's like we can't like unless japan has twice as many qualifying spots as everybody else no one's going to consider that tournament legit like be, yeah. like as far as like a like legitimate contest of the best yeah but I think to the average viewer, I, I don't think I think we're the niche audience in this in this case. We're the audience that like is the dedicated one that will always tune in. But as far as like growing the audience, yeah. the only the thing that attracts casuals more than anything else is tribalism. Like go go my team, my team's go player that lives in the same country that I live in. Yeah, I, I'm rooting exactly, for them yeah. now. Yeah, I mean like it's, or, just, it's just like you said, like the Olympics, right? Like the um the world cup and stuff like that like the i didn't even know it recently but like the the philippine uh the philippines have like the the women's world cup team for like the first time ever right and they weren't expected to do well at all and i think they scored maybe one goal in the, the three games that they were in, in like the group stage but that person that scored that one goal is a legend in the country now right they're going to have endorsement deals and you know people were rooting for them and they're like oh this is history being made right but mm-hmm. from a competitive standpoint, like those weren't really competitive games, right? And you know, I, I kind of see that side a lot more because I was kind of more on the well, I want if this is a regional thing, I want the people that are in that region to be represented. And I think it's, I think it, I think the more I think about it, it's it's a little different being here in the U.S. because it's like if we ran qualifiers in the U.S. right, and it was everybody one person from every state, that's different, right? It'd be the same thing like maybe in Japan if they had one in like every different uh, prefect or region in Japan. And they were like, who's the best guy here? Who's the best guy here? And then we put these guys all together, right? But even then, though, like you'd be like, how, how come California only gets one and then like yeah. Oklahoma gets one? I and mean, realistically, well, there's probably two, two people that are better than all of Oklahoma, <laughs> it, at least. Maybe, maybe we need something set up like the like Congress, right? Like we have like a two for every state, and then we have oh, like a like electoral. <laughs> you want uh, you want to oh, no, dude. <laughs> Based on your population, you guys get eight representatives additional to the two. Oh my god! 
<laughs> That's only... how you get gerrymandering in Street Fighter. <laughs> there's, there's not like a real way to get it to be fair. It's not meant to be fair, I don't think. It's a competition. And yeah. when you dilute, dilute whatever the word is I'm thinking of, Dangerous. when you piss in the pool of the competitive Street Fighter <laughs> scene... Uh, <laughs> Those are our <laughs> cornflakes you're pissing in. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> like I think Logan, I didn't see that, but I think that states it the best. It's the Capcom Pro Tour. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> then call it the Capcom <laughs> World Tour if we're going to get like all these other things. Or like separate the World Warrior events. Like make yeah. it to where there is a dedicated spot for the winners of the World Warrior events and then there's they all they have like their own LCQ. So you fight for the since they're gonna make this event like four weeks long anyway. Ah, then, I let's, go there, nice. yeah. <laughs> then let's let's make it to where you have the pros and then make it like a pro am or something, you know, like, yeah. like each pro that makes it in gets to take one scrub from their scene and they all get to fight for the world warrior spot. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like I'm just like I think hey. when you have people who are dedicated to travel. Like Fudo is going all over the world to mm-hmm. like play in these tournaments to try and get in, right? Or or whoever. They deserve respect for that. Even if they're lucky and they're just rich and can fly across the world for whatever. That's still they're making that effort. And yeah. you don't have to necessarily take that away from uh the the, the online people who are trying to get their spot. Because there might be somebody who could beat Fudo, who knows? But, but it's like, I think at the end of the day, you shouldn't mess with the integrity of it like that. It should be the old point system for the people who can travel. And then you yeah. have extra spots for people for, who can like, travel. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I don't know. You bring up a good point, though. I'm like, I'm going to move to like Easter Island and be the one representative from there or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, oh, it's, man. it's ridiculous. I, like I said, if you're going <laughs> to... Clearly, they're stretching this out so they can have, you know, 14 days of ads playing or yeah. whatever. So they just <laughs> add the amount of people, I guess. Are they paying for everybody to fly out? Or is it like you get there if you make it? Like, like I don't know. I don't know. know. They, might be, they might be flying people out. I'm not, I'm not 100% confident in that, but that seems, that seems like that would be part of the deal. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so, what is your guys' opinion on on the the week format? Like, so it's you think it's do, do you think they have enough content for for one week? Like, as far as like an I, LCQ I or all these extra events and stuff, or I, I think it's too long. Like me and excuse me, me and me and Saber uh, were talking about this at work the other day, in terms of like just the the length of time that like tournaments are taking, like the the French premiere. Like he said, normally I would tune in. But their break times were like ridiculously long in between matches and, you know, to play ads or whatnot. And that's kind of just the idea, the, the feel that I get from them wanting an LCQ to be four days. Because to me, that's, you know, even the pro players are like, what the hell? This is too long. Right. And like for me, that that's kind of just where I feel it is. Because like I don't really tune in the streams now just because um, I think, uh, yeah, Saber put it best. Like they don't respect my time. Right. Like, if I have a three-hour block of time, like, I want to see as many matches as possible, right? I don't want to see a match and, like, okay, we'll be back after this break. Ten minutes of ads. Okay, we'll be back after this match. Ten minutes of ads. And I'm just, like, I ended up seeing, like, four matches in the last hour. Like, I don't want to sit here through all that mess, right? I want to see people play. 
and yeah. it's frustrating to kind of you know i get i get the business side of it and like you know they got bills to pay in order for this to go on but it's just like yeah. i don't like they're not respecting my time that's not even like is that even really an argument when they show you the same like shitty street fighter mobile game ad 15 times because it's, <laughs> it's time to fly it's huh? like it's like you're not you're not making unless you're paying yourself for these ad blocks you're just showing us the same dlc or the same like uh yeah. mobile game over and over it's like then you get like a victrix ad or something here and there it's yeah. like fine play those i don't care about your stupid mobile game or whatever like co costumes are coming out like when they come out then i'll care like but i'm just i'm yeah i don't want to watch the same ad 15 times especially if it's their ad like i'm playing your game i'm already your customer what the fuck are you advertising <laughs> like <clears throat> show me the victrix i'll buy some fucking eight thousand dollar headphones to make you know make you guys some money but it's just like why do I have to watch the same thing yeah. and two matches? And it's like every two matches, there's a 10-minute break, like Benny said. And, yep. and so now they're going to stretch Capcom Cup, something I was hoping to like actually go to, but I'm not taking a week off of work to go yeah. like well, play see, in a four-day LCQ or whatever yeah. they're doing now. It's like, yeah, the, the LCQ being four days is just absurd to me because like, like the traditional thing, like, you know, I'm not adverse to change when it comes to like events and stuff like that if needed, but it's just like... For a lot of people, like these events were Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like it was a weekend. Take a weekend off for like a person that has a normal nine to five, you know, Monday through Friday job or whatever, right? I could take Friday off. And if you're in Arizona, I can go drive over there. Was it at Hollywood, I think, this year? It's just like I could drive to California Thursday night, be there for Friday, Saturday, Sunday, be back home Monday morning, right? But now you can't do that. Now they want you to take the whole week off. And it's like, you know, you can't you know realistically expect people to do that that aren't like programmers or you know uh just have money or whatever uh, i i haven't really weighed in on this one publicly yet either but like to play devil's advocate um you know last couple lcqs for capcom cup everybody complained about how the lcq wasn't streamed or that uh that we didn't see enough of it in general. And I wonder if this was a response to that, to like stretch out the LCQ so that way they had more airtime to air all of it. Um, and, you know, like that also like lines up with, like Evo has also been getting feedback too about being like two days is too, isn't long enough. We want three days. Like why is the convention hall closed down on, on Sunday, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and so like, I think on on the one hand, one week is pretty unreasonable for to ask everybody to take the time off, right? Or even to watch it realistically. Like as Mike said, it's like we're sitting through all these these ads padded out over the course of a week. But on the other hand, the problem they seem to be trying to solve is that they didn't have enough airtime to fit everything that was going on in the weekend. So like, what would be, yeah. you know, what would be your ideal size then? Uh, like what 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 would be what, like would you guys want it to go back to being a weekend like how it was or would would you be open to like an expanded format just maybe not a full-on week yeah. well i feel like the the evo argument for like the sunday like the convention being closed um i feel like part of that is kind of like retaliation for the the being forced into the arena like you oh. know the fgc is like you know 
being in the the whole grassroots thing, right? Like, and it's like the arena kind of goes against everything that, uh, or a, a lot of things that people don't like. Like, you know, yeah. the arena experience at the last one, like, it looked like it was amazing, but there's a segment of people that just don't want to pay that extra and do that. Like, they're okay being in a convention hall with the stream setup and not being there live, right? And maybe playing casuals on the side or whatever, hanging out with their buddies and doing it that way instead of paying an extra, whatever, $100 to take a seat in the arena. And there's, I, a, there's a segment of the community that, that wants to do that. I've been in the arena every year uh, since it, since I started doing it. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, it's, you're absolutely right. It's not as fun as being in the ballrooms of, of, old, of the old days. And so because it's not as fun, it's arguably more fun to watch the stream. Yeah. <laughs> Saving seats is a giant pain in the ass. The seats themselves <laughs> are liter a literal pain in the ass. Like, <laughs> um, no, no, I, I agree with you. The, the arena sucks. <laughs> yeah. Well, then, I mean, besides the additional cost, it's also like limited space too, right? It's just like, you know, the convention hall, I mean, if you can fit all those those people in there, like that's just more people that can experience that, you know, with their with their friends that they're there for. Yeah. Um regarding the the last the, the LCQ stuff, like I still think that that's perfectly fine being like on a weekend or something like that. Like I don't think I think four days is too much. I mean, if anything, maybe add an extra day. And I don't know. It's just that's a that's a tough thing to plan for. I mean, I think I think I think it's too too drastic to change change too soon. Like it'd be one thing if it was just like okay, we're normally doing this in in Friday LCQ and then run up to top eight on Saturday, top eight, top sixteen, whatever it is on Sunday, right? And it's just like if you wanted to add one day, that that's that's a very you know that's a change, but it's not like a major change. It's going from here it was this it's this days or three days, and now it's six days seven days sure yeah it's a kind of a slippery slope there but how um, many people are in this capcom cup how many uh, what? how that's many a good question what is the final bracket is it 32 again yeah that means 32 matches stretched out over that amount of time that means they're streaming literally every match which they have a right to and arguably there's an audience for that um yeah they used to stream every match anyway did they? For yeah, CPG. they had two streams. Yeah, they, they oh, eventually yeah. Did, they eventually started doing two streams. Yeah, yeah. You never I, heard I, of anybody getting eliminated off stream at Capcom Cup. You know, like that's yeah. all Evo. But, I mean, you hear yeah. you heard all about the blowups for when LCQ wasn't streamed, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, but nobody was asking for every match of the LCQ to be streamed either. Like. Yeah. Inherently, some of those matches aren't going to be very good. Not it's not only, it's not like only Japan goes to the LCQ. You know, they seem you're to be asking, the only ones who can win it. But you're yeah, asking for a middle ground here in a, in a land in a world of that's polarized, Mike. I don't know, man. Yeah, so <laughs> I pulled I pulled it up real quick. It looks like there's a total of 48 players. So from the online premieres, there's 18. The offline premieres, there's three. Um, the World Warrior events, there's 26. And then there's the one LCQ. They were doing that thing at Evo where they had like multiple, like they could just switch between like. Oh, yeah, the streams. Yeah. Do that yeah. for the LCQ. There's a good match. Put it on. You, you know what might be the fix for, for this and some of the qualifier stuff? 
And I'm not obviously this isn't gonna happen this year. But what what if they make LCQ eight spots instead of one? I don't know because that makes it kind of tough. Because like, how do you do? You just kind of like stop the bracket at a certain point because you don't want to just make it like whoever finishes top eight because you then, compete like, for seeding after that. Hmm. Oh, I guess yeah. I guess if you were competing for like yeah for like seeding or points or whatnot. Because then what would happen is the 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 J- Japanese players would all roll up right, and then realistically six out of the eight spots would go to them. And then we we would get a a, a stacked Jap, uh, Cap, Japanese Capcom Cup, which is kind of what we want. We want best the best players, right? Yeah. Um, like that that could potentially work. I'm sure this like they've thought about about all this stuff, and this is the ultimate solution they ended up with due to whatever constraints they had. But yeah. um, I don't know. I I I hear you guys loud and clear, in that one the competition is diluted, and then two the competition is stretched out for far too long. So it's gonna make this watching it a slog, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, but I'm gonna end up watching it. Like like Mike said, I'm probably just like, depending on what times the matches and stuff are, I might just tune into like the 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 last two days or whatever it is when you know the the people are finalized. Like I probably won't. Like I don't think I tuned into the the last chance uh, qualifiers for last year at all. It was just like, oh, who who you know, I might have tuned into like the very end if that. I think that was the year that wasn't streamed, right? uh it it was it was streamed that was the year that like uh some people qualified for top eight and then didn't show up for the next day um i i did want to bring up a point that you made earlier a while back benny uh and that you felt that mena should have gotten a a qualification an automatic qualification uh in the capcom cup for street fighter six um It reminds me, just to bring it back to locals for a little bit, um, it reminds me a little bit of when 5 came out and they did like that mentorship program. You know what I'm talking about, Mike? I think you probably saw that. You were closer to that than I was. But it was like the top players in 4 wanted to act as mentors or t- senseis or coach. It was, it was something like authority, like there was like an authority behind the title to, to mm-hmm. help the newer players learn 5. And there was like a pretty big pushback to that from our greater scene being like, well, hang on, you know, like just because you were good at four doesn't mean you're good at five. Um, yeah. And so like, I, I'm curious about like where, like, like where you draw that line, Benny, like as far as like how, how much cred should playing being good at the last game give you in advance for being in the, uh, for the new game like do you get better seating or anything like that or well no I, like i don't think he should even be like i mean put him in the bottom seat if you need if you have to it was just more kind of like the kind of like the whole uh lineal champ thing that i mentioned up earlier right like in the last game like he was a man like yeah this is a completely different game he might not be as good of it at, at it but just kind of you know uh I don't know. It makes me think about the trophy too. The trophy was kind of whack that he got, right? <laughs> People, there was a big thing about that after he won. And oh like, yeah, he doesn't really have remember, to get a chance to defend every, it. Remember, everybody thought he had that big trophy that they were like showing on the thing, and then like he showed the thing that he got at home, and they're like, "What? What happened to that other thing?" He goes, "Oh, that was just for that was just for display at the at the event." <laughs> <laughs> and it's just yeah. like you know, give like for me, it's like it's like a prestige thing, right? Like this, he's the man from yeah from Street Fighter Five, like. He might not be the man in Street Fighter Six. We don't know, but at least give him give him the benefit of the doubt in terms of like the fact that he 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 won that event, right? They should just make it like the Stanley Cup. 
<laughs> I mean, I mean, it, like I would, I would think it's like akin to like, uh, like Evo. If Evo just gave you like a free entry, like they don't have to seed you anywhere, but it's like, oh, you want Evo last year? We're gonna give you a free entry into the next tournament. I mean, it's trivial because it's like whatever, seventy five dollars, a hundred dollars, but it's just like, hey, we're gonna let you in for free for the next one because you want. Yeah, they pay for your hotel or something. <laughs> yeah, do something like that. Give give it a little bit more prestige. Because your year went pretty bad if you won Evo and then you're too broke to enter. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying about the Stanley Cup? Sorry. But I was saying, you just like put like Mana's name on the cup and, and like, you know, it, it helps like the last 10 champions or something like that. I think that's um, what that, that big display one actually is, right? The one that they oh, really yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, I think it, I think, it does I think have they did a engrave his name on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but it's still like <laughs> you run into the same problems as the real Stanley Cup, where people are dropping it and denting it. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have to have those. Yeah, they have to have those guys travel with the thing, the white gloves and everything. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I want to talk about security. Actually, that's that's actually another real interesting and hot hot topic. Um, because there was a there was a, a protest recently in the Paris uh, CPT offline event where a bunch of folks ran up and threw some material onto the uh under the monitors as a form of protest of what i don't know and frankly i don't feel like platforming whatever they are yeah. protesting on our podcast but uh that this is like the second time that that's happened uh at a fighting game tournament recently and i think the mm -hmm. collective collective reaction on twitter is like what the fuck like are we big enough now where that that matters <laughs> uh <laughs> but i also think it brings up like a a greater conversation about like how are these people getting onto the stage like that yeah. easily to do that stuff um and i'm not like in the camp that we should silence protesters or anything but like time and place if there's kind of thing, right if there's a million dollars on the line now and these people are traveling from all around the world and like with the, t the temperature of the world as it is right now like i feel like there should be more some more safety precautions uh, on on pr protecting that stage because these people are becoming becoming like minor celebrities. And in the case of Justin Wong, I would consider them like or Daigo, I would consider them full on celebrities at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like I saw the the clip of like how they ran up on the stage and they, yeah, that's that's kind of scary. I mean, you know, I mean, you're already kind of in in your own little zone, right? Like trying to trying to be uh, tuned into the game and everything like that. So like you know you're your peripheral vision and stuff like that isn't going to be on high alert at that point and it's just like for somebody to just be able to kind of run up on you like that like that's scary because like who knows like what if that person had had a knife or whatever right yeah like, that's a that's a whole whole different kind of thing um i mean i don't know maybe maybe prefer for higher venue fees that's always a touchy subject <laughs> even mean, in japan there was a political assassination recently where somebody was just given a speech and then someone like made a gun and shot shot the guy with it it's like like what you, uh, the other thing is like with, with, at majors like there's there's security but like evo they actually suspended the security midway through because it was holding the line up too long so all yeah, that was the, theater too for the early pools yeah i remember yeah. hearing about that and they're just like oh the lines the weights this long and they were just like oh well they're they're letting just letting people in now because yeah, they want to make sure eventually. things are in time and it's just like What's the point? <laughs> yeah, what's the point of the extra security if you're just gonna let people walk in to make you know the make schedule? Yeah, that that one that one of those protests where uh, they had like a super soaker filled with paint and they sprayed the big screen. 
Oh. Yeah, I think that one of them was in, I think, the Japan one, or I, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. I know one was the French, the French one. Yeah, the French one. That's the most recent. Yeah. Then there yeah. was there was one before that that I saw a video for uh, the other day that they actually two people ran up and started painting the screen, but then one guy got on stage with like a super soaker and was just spraying the uh, paint onto the big screen. And I'm like, how did you get that in there? Nobody asked the question. They're like, hey, why do you have a super soaker? <laughs> like it wasn't small. It wasn't like a little pistol. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it was. It was probably a two foot long, like water gun that was spraying paint. I I will say though, like uh, you're, for the record, like you're completely right, Mike. Like how how the hell did that get into security? But we are also like it is worth noting we're living in the world now where like a super soaker shouldn't have got past security. Like we're at that point yeah, yeah. now where it's no, no, like, no, hey, no. hey, there could have been something awful in there. There genuinely could have been like some really bad shit inside the super soaker. But like the irony of that toy being designed to look like a toy so it doesn't look like a real gun and no, it's no, still no. not being good. <laughs> Here's my even if you don't even take into account the world and how screwed up some things are, we sure. are playing video games on electronics. And you're bringing a water gun to the venue. Like, if nothing That's else, fair. they should be asking a question like, hey, what what is that here? For? Like, yeah. why fair. do you have a water? Like, because what if it wasn't even paint? What if you just sprayed the PC or whatever they're playing on? Yeah. You know, like, you would think, hey, I don't, I don't want. But it, then people could have water bottles and do the same shit. But yeah. I, don't, I don't know what they should do different. I think... Uh, I just that I, I commend the players that were on stage for the restraint that they had because I would not have that same restraint. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you don't know. You don't know how people are going to react. Yeah, I mean, you could have a physical reaction to, to that, like you know, defense mechanism that kicks in and just be like, you know what, what the hell's what the hell's going on? I'm saying this right here, right now, that if I ever end up on one of those stages and these goobers end up on there, they're going crowd surfing. That's. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah I, no, I get it not to not i don't want to go political or anything but uh, <laughs> protesting to annoy people to get them to pay attention to your cause does not work for me i'll i do the opposite yeah. <laughs> you're gonna get that you're gonna get that monoco man grab from thrasher here <laughs> he's gonna level up too <laughs> where's the next one i'm level two now <laughs> If you are oh, interested yeah. in what they protested on, check out uh, King Hippo's blog. <laughs> oh uh, man, yeah, that's a that's a tough one to deal with because I mean, you know, I mean, uh, I don't want to get into any kind of like political debate, like guns and stuff like that. But then, like, you know, it's one of those things. It's just like the people that want to ultimately do bad things are going to do bad things and find a way, and it's just like you kind of have like almost like levels or tiers of those kind of people where like some people are going to be deterred by like the simplest thing or it could just be a simple hey what are you doing and that guy just like chickens out right and then there's those other people that are just like you know they just have it in their mind that this is what they're going to do and you know how do you stop those people that's the thing like you can you can you can only have so much security to a certain point and then it's just like you're at the point to where you're just being an inconvenience, really, like you said, like at Evo. And it's just like, yeah, we're going to do all the security to, to hope, hope you guys, make you guys feel safe. But now we're running behind the schedule. 
So, yeah, we're going to need to stop that. I can't even get people to stop to stop mashing jab on their wake up against me. I don't know how I'm going to get them to stop doing all this other shit. <laughs> hey, that's like my only viable option, right? It's <laughs> like guy who brings in a gun and says he needs it. Yeah. I didn't Jesus need a reverse. Give, give, give him an invisible reversal and then we'll start talking. Then I'll stop jabbing. I'll start jabbing on Wake Up. <laughs> High volume jab. Oh, man. <laughs> um, I guess just to kind of. Just my the last thing that I wanted to talk about on the show today was, um, you know, while I was watching all these events and. You know, we talked a lot about stuff outside the game, but within the game, like I've seen a lot of top Japanese play recently, and it's particularly around my character. Uh, even not even just Japanese play, like Valmaster, I've seen top French play. Uh, uh, there's a Korean player named um, Lashar who's fantastic, uh, but like I've been seeing how they've been playing and how different that is to like, I guess me really, uh, where like. I feel sloppy compared to how the Japanese play. And that's mainly due to this, like this thing that I've seen recently happening over and over again, which is any kind of drive rush, like button in a drive rush, crouch medium kick in a drive rush is everyone's favorite. Stan fierce in a drive rush, uh, into uh, crouching jab. So it becomes an enhanced crouching jab. It becomes plus two on block. Uh, and because it's a button DRC into a jab, it's a true string so that people can't DP through it. So then what ends up happening is you get in this plus two range or this plus two scenario where they're in throw range and you can shimmy and you can do whatever the hell you want. Like if you have a dive kick like uh, like Mike does or I have air legs or forward roundhouse, all this other bullshit. And so it's a super like stable mix up uh, because you can also kill Perry with it too. Uh, and you can kill anybody mashing buttons. Um, and to the point where, like, I, I feel like it's defining the game. Like, every Japanese player I'm seeing is doing that. It's just button, DRC, jab into either a frame trap or a shimmy, mainly. Um, and I was curious if, like... So that, to me, like, strikes me as, like, the meta of the game has evolved since, you know, since I've kind of, like, started paying more attention and I was curious if, like, are there any, like, big trends in, in gameplay that you guys have seen recently? Or, like, have you, do you guys got any commentary on the Drive Rush Jab stuff? Anything like that? Yeah, I uh, think uh, the uh, the Drive Rush Jab thing is really good. Like, I hadn't been using it, but I started to use it a little bit uh, since you and I spoke about it, you know, off stream. But um, it's fucked up. Yeah, it's it? pretty good. <laughs> It, it's uh, Street Fighter V, dude. You get to play Street Fighter V to them, and they got the deal. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but it's not one thing. is is not as uh, punishing to people who don't want to block. <laughs> you know, like like it does hurt them, but it's not the same as like if you hit them with a a different button. So I do think there is a place still for uh, for doing like a medium punch or whatever, but. It is super strong, especially on like a wake up situation. Um, yeah, because yeah. then what you do is like like the drive rush gives it away, and then they they perfect parry you, right? So now you've conditioned them to parry on their wake up, and that then like it's open season at that point, right? Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> 
And then like uh, DJ, everyone's been talking about DJ being ridiculously strong too, right? Uh, do you guys have opinions on DJ? Is he as good as as the world says? Um, I don't know. Scott's been giving me hell lately, and the la- the latest thing he's been doing is he's been spamming crouch medium kick, which is his you know his his sweep his other sweep, and. Yeah. I don't know if he learned it from like playing other Dawson players or if it's just something that he just started messing with, but like it's it's I, I don't know I, I don't think the the frame data is like super great, but it's just like it's active and it stuffs like a lot of my normals. And as a sim player, that fucking sucks in that matchup because like I'm already struggling to deal with like his fireball game and the drive rush and stuff like that. And now it's like even my my like the um the down forward fierce that hits low like it's hitting that it's hitting you know hitting my uh my other my my stand normals and stuff like that that would normally kind of like clip those and like you know that that little damage that i would take and it's you know i gotta deal with that and it's then it's knocking me down and then it's dealing with pj's drive rush and then I don't know if you saw that the gift that I put in the thing. I put Usain Bolt because that, that's what I think it is. <laughs> he's, he's so, <laughs> he's he's so damn ass. fast. Yeah, he's so damn fast, and I'm just like, then you know, then you gotta you gotta figure out what you know. Then it's time to guess, really. So like, I think um, if I had to place him, I, I I I still have him in the. I think I would put him in the top five. Like it's always between. For me, I think it's been between him and him and Chun Li, kind of like in that other spot because it's been like JP, Ken, and Luke. I think Cammy's up there, and then it's been like Chun Li or DJ. Yeah, oh, that's Kyle. what I like to hear. Not, not Jury. Oh, I didn't even think about Kyle. I don't know. Maybe that's my personal list because Cammy, Cammy's a pain in the ass, and like <laughs> it just drives me wild how how good she is for being so so plain and vanilla like she's the vanilla of vanilla and it it like irks me that that she's so good at what she does i get you so that that i don't know that's a sign of a of a really balanced game to me where there's like 10 characters that are top five (laughs) (laughs) yeah no see that's the thing too when it when it comes to cammy because like i don't feel like she does she's like overbearing in the sense like like a jp is or like a ken or a luke right she's just a really 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 fucking good at what she does and that just sucks <laughs> that sounds like you're willing to admit that it's more of a bad matchup than she's overpowering yeah yeah, yeah. exactly like i don't th- i don't That's think true. there's anything where i'm just like damn like she needs to be nerfed in a sense like i feel like she's kind of like where she needs to be and it's just like it's just a tough thing to deal with because it's like between the the reactionary reactionary nature that I have to like try to do things when people jump and it's a dive kick and I get hit by it like 90% of the time and I'm like I need to stop pressing buttons here and you know it's it's hard because like you know you you get it ingrained in your mind that somebody's going in the air and it's like I need to do something about this I need to anti-air them and hers is just just happens to be so fast or it's almost like jury in a sense too like with the delay get to get to the point to where people are like delaying things at certain times and it's just like it throws off your timing yeah okay so you said it was jp ken uh cammy oh it's jp ken luke cammy and then either chun or dj 
Yeah, China DJ and then yeah, Jerry would Jerry would be up there too. Okay. Or so then that, I mean, you said Guile too, so that that'd be like my eight. I mean, I don't know if I had to put those like the solid four is definitely JP, <laughs> JP, Luke, and Ken. Oh, okay, I'd, so I'd say that's the solid three. That's here. Okay. That's the solid three is is JP, Ken, and Luke, and then okay. the other the others are kind of in there in the other the last like top eight. Okay. Mike, how about you? What's your what's your top five, top eight? So I think uh, Ken and Luke are arguable. Like, who goes first? You could swap them in and out. Depending okay. on the day, I'll feel like Luke or Ken. <laughs> um, who beat me today, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would say JP would be third. Okay. But JP's a decided third. We Worse than Luke and Ken to you? Yeah. I, wow. I think... I think I just know the, the match. I can't sit here and like win the match after match and be like, man, JP is the best character in the game. So like, I'm just that uh, good. Plus, like like I said, John and I have worked this matchup. He's shown me the flaws in the character. He talks about the flaws in the character on his you know, platform. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other people on there like to not believe him, but I see it. Because once he taught me how to deal with his strengths it wasn't so bad um yeah and he is good like i'm not saying he's bad that's why he's top three but <laughs> he his flaws are very easy to find once you know where to look good luck finding the flaws in luke and ken yeah ken yeah ken good lord man <laughs> um, then i would say so fourth would be does it even matter? I mean, I feel like anyone who's not those top three is like in line with everybody else. But I, I would say, I think uh, same thing. <laughs> yeah, we agree that that's S tier. Those top three are S tier. So what's on the what's on the, who's on the tier like right below them? The, the tier right below them would be Guile, um, Cami, DJ. Um, uh, Chun and uh, Jury, like, yep. <laughs> I think, I think Chun is slightly better than Jury, but they're very, very close in the tiers. Um, I think that's right. <clears throat> uh, Blanca, is another one. That everyone, oh, everyone says is good, right? There you go, top nine. Yeah. <laughs> Blanca, Blanca is good. I gotta look at, I gotta look at my damn app. I for so. Top nine, <laughs> all the know, damn characters. We'll just put just, it in, yeah. like you said, that's the S tier, and then there's like six. Actually, let me look at that real quick because I made a well, that was for my own personal kind of tier list too, but uh, I hadn't revisited it in a while because uh, everyone, everyone also, like if you talk about Sim to anybody, everyone's like, Yeah, Sim's top five, he's secret top five, right? <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's not, you guys are crazy, <laughs> yeah. It's like the uh, the tournament, the characters who seem to like, obviously Snake Eyes won a damn tournament. So like the, the list doesn't matter. But it's like, if I was like picking a character thinking, I want a good shot at winning a tournament outside of like, obviously the top three, I would say the top three, you know, Ken, Luke, and uh, JP. Then you've got Jury, Guile, DJ, Chun, Cammy, and I guess you could throw Blanca in there. Like I, I think just Mena's really good, 
and in the same way that like Snake Eyes won, he ah. wins. Like, okay. I he's he's gonna be good with any character, basically. Yeah, yeah, and and Blanca is definitely better than Geef. I'm not saying they're near each other, right? Uh, yeah, and Blanca's better than he's ever been. I just think yeah. he's not in the same level as those other characters. Gotcha. I would put so basically you're, outside of that. Basically, you're saying that Mena's Mena's making him look a lot better than he probably is. Yeah, and if you get knocked down, it, then yeah, he's like uh, he's a, he's a Mika, you know, like he can yeah, blow you corner. up. Yeah, in with, the corner, the, yeah. with the damn chew toy and uh, the, fucking, <laughs> uh, the lightning and stuff. So, <clears throat> so yeah, he's really good if you let him get his game started. But I think it's pretty simple to not let him get his game started. Okay. Um, I think that's the same thing with Marisa. Marisa's in there with like Blanca, I think. Where if you let her hit you, yeah, it's great. Like they have a great time. But when you don't yeah. let them hit you, they have a bad time. They have a really bad time. So, yeah. are are those tournament viable? Those two characters tournament viable in your mind? Not tournament. Ah, how many things have they won since the initial launch of the game? Like I know Big Bird won the first thing with Marisa, right? Like the yeah. Red Bull Kumite or whatever. Yeah, the Kumite. Yeah. And then Mena did really well with Blanca right out the gate. Yes. Yeah, so but, but I'm not. I don't follow tournaments probably as much as you guys or anyone, to be honest. I don't watch them that often, but I don't, I haven't heard anybody. Uh, I haven't heard anybody whine and cry about them. So that's how I know they haven't won anything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of the whining and crying too, is that, you know, again, if you look at social media, you would, you would basically hear that street fighter six sucks. And so I wanted to ask, y'all is like has your opinion on the overall balance of the game changed at all is this game does this game still hold that title of being the most balanced first iteration of a street fighter game or is it has it has it kind of lost its luster by far for me it's the most balanced the fact that we have to sit here and argue yeah who the best character could be or you know the fact that it's two at the end of five after at the end of having seven years to balance the game properly it was very clear that Luke was the best character. Yeah. Like there was no debate. If you had to debate on it, you either didn't know what the hell you're talking about or you only <laughs> fought terrible Luke's. <laughs> to five's credit though, mm-hmm. like after Luke, there were like five characters in, in top three at that point, right? I like, agree. Co- Cody, Poison, Sim, like there were like a bunch of different characters. Or Chun was up there too, right? Yeah. Um But yeah, I and then, sorry, sorry, Benny, how about you? What do you think about it? Uh, uh, yeah, in terms of balance, yeah. 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 I feel like, yeah, I mean, like like, like Thrasher said, I mean, the fact that, I mean, we have a solid three, I think that most, I think most people would agree with, but then beyond that, like, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of muddy in terms of like the next four to six characters that, you know, that are there. And like, yeah, like I said, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like there's, um there's anything in particular that like i think is i mean i don't know maybe i don't want to say that right now because i haven't fought any good kens recently and then like every time i do i'm like this character's stupid and like (laughs) (laughs) and gets away with stuff that they shouldn't and it's just like yeah but i mean i don't know it's just i think the biggest the biggest gripe people still have is like the whole amnesia thing with jp but then other than that it's like 
I think most people would like kind of do slight adjustments to like maybe frame data and things like that. But I don't know if those would be necessarily like tier changing in a sense. Like I think there's little changes you could make to some of the characters where it wouldn't like break the break the spirit of like who they are. And but it would still, you know, kind of make them a little bit more fair. Um, my frame of reference, my best frame of reference is like looking at Street Fighter V. And for season one of Street Fighter V, there was a clear top three in that game too, right? There was uh, Ryu, Chun, and Luke, if I recall correctly. Mm -hmm. But there was also like a pretty decent Wait, set of characters underneath that. For season one of Street Fighter V? Oh, sorry, uh, no, not Luke. Uh, Nash, <laughs> Nash, sorry, Nash, Nash. Yeah, Ryu, Chun, and Nash. <laughs> That's not even um, the top three that I've heard of the most. In season one? Yeah. Really? Who, who's, who was top three for you in season one for five? Ryu, Chun, and Mika. Yeah, oh Mika. yeah, I forgot about Mika. Yeah, 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 I forgot about yeah. Mika. Yeah, Mika when she had all her all her broken shit. <laughs> but it was like it was like Mika and Claw and Tammy and Nash. Then if you don't think, think Nash is top three, like there was also like a decent chunk of, well, actually after that though, all those other characters were kind of ass. <laughs> like they probably was just a shittier Ryu. <laughs> Ken was just a shittier Ryu. Karen was a shittier Chun. All right, maybe not. And then in Street Fighter Four, it was like Sagat and Ryu and Akuma and Seth, maybe, but nobody really like. There was a lot of like undiscovered potential, right? In those in those older mm -hmm. games, I think, for when people would claim their top three. And in Street Fighter Three New Generation, everyone says that game just didn't work. So <laughs> it's funny because like you go back and if you think about. I wasn't playing at the beginning of four, but the little bit I know about it, I don't think. Do you think Sagat would still be considered the best character? I know you had no, the, yeah, no. That's we what talked, yeah, we talked. We actually talked about that last episode. I thought. I think in the end, like if that time, if that game had time to develop, it would have been Seth. Seth, because because he had some stupid stuff. And then then he had the the he had the yoga sniper at that time too with the with the jump fierce. <laughs> So like yeah. even with, with all the tools that he had and like everything else before they like started nerfing him down, like I think he would have ended up being the best. Over yeah. Akuma and Viper? Like I I would have put Akuma top three, but I could make a case for all three of those characters. Cami yeah. again as well. Oh yeah, Viper and Vanilla would have been. <laughs> but nobody yeah. knew the what they could do at that point, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Oh no, yeah. Exactly. yeah. So everybody like, leaned on like, like who yeah, everyone was like, who could do the most damage instead? So that's why Sagat became like the stable tournament character, I think. Yeah, and I, he had the most health too. I thought he had, yeah, he had up. He was up there in extra health. Man, dude, I just remember like you would just be playing, and then the guy would just mash DP FADC, and then you'd lose two thirds of your health, and be yeah, like, that, oh. that or the the Ford Roundhouse. You just get forward roundhouse. Yeah, you jump at him and forward round. At least there, <laughs> at least there, you jumped at him though. Like, yeah. <laughs> at oh, least he kind of deserved it. But like, if like mashing uppercut it, with two bars, like, oh man, that that's forever gonna not be my jam. Um, <laughs> but you sound like yeah, a, so sound like an old school player. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. That's how those Street Fighter Two players were. They were just like, oh, this is dumb. It shouldn't be safe. Well, now I play six, and then when people mash uppercut, they complain about the input reader instead. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I agree with you guys. I think this game is way more balanced. I have I had an ulterior motive in presenting a message on our podcast, and that 
the internet is a different place than what real life is. And we're hopefully, we're closer to real life and that this game is fine. This game is awesome. Um, and yeah. anybody that's complaining about it is either, they're either misinformed or like, or rather like not complaining about it, but like if they're, if they're saying that like this game is not good or if it's broken or unbalanced, like yeah. they're misinformed, <laughs> just outright, or they're, they're, it's a, it's a bad faith argument and they can farm engagement. Yeah, honestly, like I don't know, like I'm I'm at the point to where I'm just kind of like tired of tired of seeing a lot of it too. It's just like I kind of just ignore it, and you know, I don't one I don't really engage with anybody, but it's like yeah, I just try to ignore a lot of the the negativity that comes out with people about certain things because it's like, I mean, that's been my general mentality when it comes to fighting games anyway, right? It's like it's not it's not that the game's broken or this character's broken, right? I mean, there's there's stupid stuff that you got to deal with with every character, and it's just like. Like you gotta that's that's part of the the fun of it all. It's just kinda like figuring stuff out. Dude, like even before six came out, like being in the FGCs like for the past couple of years, like you would think that like Strive like Strive like personally offended some people, like Guilty Gear Strive. And it, it's stuff <laughs> like that where it's like uh, I I think it's just par for the course now for any new game that comes out. MK MK one is getting a bunch of shit thrown at it right now too, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I just feel like every game that's going to come out is going to is going to get negative reception no matter what we do. Like there's just yeah. no pleasing everybody at this point. Yeah, Tekken Tech, Tech Eight already kind of started that with their beta in terms of like the changes that they've made to like the the legacy. Because oh that's yeah, been, that's been the big thing with Tekken, right? Is like if you were good in Tekken Four and you know how to how to Korean backdash and do all this stuff. Like you should, you should still be solid in these new games, and like they've changed a lot of stuff, and like I don't know what's changed since since the the next the second beta or whatever they had, but there's been a lot of negativity with that game too from from the the OG players. That was happening <laughs> even before the open beta, though. Like they, it was just like the preview that Harada ran, and the, it was a PowerPoint presentation. Like I felt like I was in corporate America where people get, were getting <laughs> mad about PowerPoints again, and it, it's like. This might be different. Ah, I'm mad. I'm gonna make a bunch of videos about it now. <laughs> <laughs> the thread through both of those is that uh, my, I don't know about MK, but certainly Guilty Gear and uh, Tekken. It sounds like it's a lot of uh, I don't want to say OGs because they don't even have to necessarily be OGs, but people who are used to the legacy game mm -hmm. that now has changed. The legacy is gone, and you have to relearn some stuff, so people don't like that. Maybe yeah. maybe that's the that's the thing with Street Fighter because I mean that's the that's always the argument right it's just like oh this isn't true footsies and all this nonsense right <laughs> but it's just like if you played ST and some of these other games it's just like all these games are different and it's like maybe for us Street Fighter heads like we're just used to that right or we're used to the next iteration of the game like introducing some kind of new mechanic and having to learn our way through this game and like yeah there's still some aspects of neutral that are that can carry over from from different games or from different Street Fighters but overall like you still got to learn this whole new system and like we're used to that those Tekken guys it's just like yeah um yeah like i said like if you know if you know if you understand movement in, in that game and how to how to how to move like yeah. you're already ahead of the ahead of anybody else dude like when we, i was talking about crouch medium kick drc and a jab earlier like i i've seen a lot of people on the internet call it a, a neutral skipping tool and i'm like Wait, wait, you, you blocked a crouching medium kick. Isn't that neutral? <laughs> like, how is that skipping neutral if you have to play neutral to start it? Like, I, I I don't know. Like, anytime someone starts talking about skipping neutral, I'm just kind of like, well, jumping skips neutral. Yeah. You know, like, 
That that's teleport, usually a dead argument. I teleport, at that skip point. neutral. Well, you don't play neutral. You're play, you play soon. <laughs> that's gonna forever be my argument. Disqualif- you are, you disqualify yourself from playing neutral. You don't have to. <laughs> it's always the person who's probably the least qualified to talk about what neutral is that like is making that argument of this is a neutral skip tool. It's like, bro, I've yep. seen your neutral before. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I did the 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 the, the can run and the DP to start the game. <laughs> I was talking to a friend about that, and he said that it's not that people are skipping neutral; it's that people don't like to guess wrong when they're when they're plus two or when some when someone's plus two in their face. So <laughs> yeah. that means I'm gonna do catch me new kick DRC jab more. That's <laughs> so good. Uh, cool. Well, that's all I had to talk about for the show today. Uh, Benny, have you got anything more, Mike? No, I'm good. But, man, we were, this one ran pretty long, too. <laughs> yeah, my bad. I, I kind of squeezed in a couple extra topics there. But um, you can find us on Twitch at... Oh, actually, Mike, do you want to do any shout-outs before you head out? Um, I mean, she'll get mad if I don't do it, so shout-outs to my wife. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, she um... Just... <laughs> Yeah, she allows me to play the games when uh, I should probably be spending more time with her. So, so yeah, <laughs> shout-outs to her. Shout-outs to John for being a good training partner. And uh, shout-outs to both of you guys for having me on. And, yeah, uh, yeah shout-outs to Brandy again for uh, showing all these people that uh, if you don't put in the work, you're going to get your ass whooped. Um, yeah, shout-outs to the whole scene. Nice. Couldn't couldn't say it better myself. Everyone everyone's awesome in our scene. <laughs> you can find us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash spiral series, YouTube at youtube.com slash spiral series, and an Apple Podcast and Spotify under Absolute Guard. Thanks everybody, and have a good night. Bye-bye.